Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. What are the long box guys going to do tonight, Brain? The same thing the long box guys do every night, Pinky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the long box guy. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm so screwed. <laughs> this thing's going to take forever. It's going to feel like an eternity, but we'll get to that in a minute. Mike, how are you doing and what are you drinking? I am doing fine and I am drinking a Fest beer from Counterweight Brewing here in Connecticut. It's delicious. Oh, Let's see the can, man. That's a cool looking can. That is a cool looking can. I am not stalling. <laughs> Josh, how are you doing? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a, sil- a similar beer, a Marzen from a Treehouse called Solitude. Mm. Nice. I like that can. That's a good looking can. And Tommy, we're the hard liquor guys. What do you got there today, buddy? I am drinking something similar. I am drinking Orchard Fest by Compass Box. It is a blended scotch by Compass Box. It's got a lot of apples on there. So it's kind of an apple-y aftertaste. But... Kind of a fruity uh, scotch. Pretty blended scotch. <sighs> I'm going with good old Bushmills. Bushmills. When you want a bottle that's square, Bushmills. Bushmills. Bushmills are good. I like Bushmills. I have been drinking Bushmills forever, ever since Spider Robinson recommended it to me in Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. Speaking of Cross Time and speaking of eternity, today we're going to be talking about The Eternals, a comic book I know a little bit about and a movie I didn't make it through yet because I'm still a young man. How long is that movie, guys? Can we say spoilers? Clearly. We're going to say spoilers, and we should clearly say spoilers, but how long is the movie? That's not a spoiler. Oh, no, it's, like, it's like two and a half hours too long. Two and a half hours too long. So we'll break it down into the comic book, uh, which I know a little bit about because I kind of like the comic book. I like the uh, the idea of the comic book, the premise of the comic book, but I never really liked the way it was uh, done, but I did love the art style because, of course, the art style was, was impeccable. <coughs> Uh, guys, correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm going to go straight to the seat of my pants because I hate it when we read from a wiki page. But I did do my research on the comic book. So, um, the Eternals are a um, uh, an offshoot of humanity called Homo uh, Homo Superior. Is that correct? Homo Immortal. Immortus. Immortus. That's right. Homo Immortus. They uh, were first created by the Celestials when they came to Earth because they saw that. Humans' genes, or the genes of the our primitive ancestors, were highly mutable. So they wanted to see what they could make out of them. Uh, the first round of testing, they made uh, the uh, they they made uh, a few of the uh, uh, tests, and those were the uh, yes. deviants. Thank you very much. Uh, these are pretty much the orcs of the world. Uh, these are uh, a mutant offshoot that did not turn out. Uh, pretty happy or friendly, uh, but they do breed incredibly rapidly. 
so these are clearly my ancestors. Uh, after the first round of testing went wrong, they tried again, and now is when they started making the more superior Homo Immortus. The Homo Immortus Ooh, were... Let's see how it is now. All of a sudden, you're getting on your master race. I well, see so how it is now. I know I'm a demon. <laughs> don't, don't be looking at me. I'm in the hot box with everybody else eating delicious pizza. Why <laughs> Homo Immortus is lording it over us. So I think we should back up just a second. Uh, you're going into their comic book history, but let's talk about their actual publication. Starting in 1976, Jack Kirby returns to Marvel Comics. He was one of the creators of Marvel Comics with Stan Lee, and it, you know, he had a falling out, went over to DC Comics, created the New Gods, loved that, and then came back to Marvel and was like, I'm still going to do this. <laughs> but I can't call it the new gods. I got to call it something else. So uh, after a few name changes, they came up with the Eternals. His book is psychedelic, convoluted, convoluted drivel. <laughs> but it's but pretty art, to look at. But the art is pretty. Sick. It did not sell well. It. Uh, the comic book was canceled fairly quickly. So, uh, they didn't finish any of the storylines, so much so that some of the, Kirby's fans, who became writers later on, finished some of the storylines in uh, other Marvel comics. Uh, it has had several different people give it a go of trying to make a successful Eternals comic, uh, including like Neil Gaiman, and uh, none of it has been good. In my opinion. I mean, I'm sure there are some Eternal fans out there who are like, Eternals are my jam! I've never met him, but I'm sure there's somebody out there who's just such a Kirby fanatic that he can do no They are illiterate art fans. (laughs) Uh, Is my my best guess on that one. But, Tommy, you and I love, uh, you know, we we all love the artwork, but, Tommy, you're a super aficionado Uh. artwork. Yeah, this I mean, I, I, look, I, love, I love the art. It, the artwork is is beautiful, and even the the derivatives have been have been trying to keep with the Kirby S style of of artwork and, and the character design, and and a lot of times it's still beautiful. Um, and you know, I tried to read some of the Neil Gaiman uh, book in preparing for this because it's been sitting on my shelf for I don't know, probably a dozen years, and uh, and I tried to read it while watching the Eternals. And, and both seem to last forever. <laughs> See, I, I, I like some of the original Eternals comic books. I enjoyed and reading I, those. And I, I did it. And I did it during COVID time. <laughs> so I think it did last forever. Uh, I have a name for the century, by the way. We call it the Boring 20s. So, I, I stole your thunder when you were going into the history of the Eternals. I just wanted to give uh, people a background on the publication history. Nope, you, you were perfectly right to do that because I wasn't uh, as happy. I mean, of course, I knew Kirby. I was about to start mentioning that. Um, so, the Eternals start making a bond with the Olympians. Uh, they put their uh, base of operation near Mount Olympus, and they start being stand-ins for the Olympian gods in different ways, which I thought was kind of interesting and uh, fun. Uh, 
then they go through a bunch of new stuff. <laughs> because uh, that's pretty close to where the old stuff ends. And not all of it is for everyone. One is where uh, the deviants actually take over the planet. All the humans have to be put on a space arc and saved, uh, thereby uh, kind of uh, grabbing some, uh, some Catholic stuff out of the thin air. And it's um, not for me. But... And let's not forget that some of the Eternals go out into space... And, you know, maybe the Titans are now Eternals. Yeah, so, (laughs) yes. Uranus. Let's not forget Uranus, Tom. They're on Uranus. They're on Titan. There's there's a number of Eternals all over the place. The Earth Eternals are supposed to be the uh, representation of famous mythological characters. Um, So you have... Ajax and Icarus and Circe and Makari um, and Sprite and all the ones that yeah the ones that you see in the movies and then uh, there's a I had a, somebody call me up and he's like I don't get it how is Thanos related to these folks and I was like oh well there are Eternals on Titan and. There's a, a, the Eternals have a deviant gene. So, depending on which comic you're reading, the deviants are an offshoot of the Eternals. Um, they're just the ugly ones. And that's Which what. I never liked as a kid. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> that's what Thanos is. So, he's, he's a deviant, even though his parents were Eternals. And yeah. he has a brother who is very good-looking and very rapey, named Star Fox. Uh, I'm sorry, alleged rapist. Allegedly very rapist. Because he gives off a pheromone that makes women sleep with him. Doesn't Mm -hmm. make him rapey. Because he's a human roofie. Doesn't make him rapey. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll do another podcast on uh, Star Fox, but... In case you were wondering, how does this all interconnect? Uh, it's convoluted. Like, yeah. yeah. Do I smell like chloroform, man? <laughs> uh, so some of the Eternals are find a scroll base on Uranus. They take over that. Then they have to fight the actual Uranians. They lose that fight. Only one survives, and they escape to Titan. It gets very convoluted. And yeah. it's really hard to follow. So, yeah, you you definitely need a chart when you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. You need a chart like you're trying to figure out uh, uh, who Kaiser Soze is. Yeah. And you're not going to find out. I'm still not sure. Well, that's the comic books, which we're not fans of. Let's talk about the movie, which we which are also not, not fans, fans of. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I want to, I, I don't mean to correct you, but I'm a fan of the artwork of those comic books. They are That's fine. Kirby at some of his best. And, and let's be clear, if this movie came out 30 years ago, we would have thought it was the best comic book movie out there. Oh, yeah. No. And we would have been probably maybe thought right until like Iron Man, Black Panther, any other movie came out. <laughs> 
How dare you say something so controversial? You're probably kind of right. Yeah, you're probably we right. Like the, we, we like the Captain America movie. We like the Hulk and Thor movie. And I'm, yeah. not talking, I'm not talking Ragnarok. I'm talking the Hulk, with, uh, the trial of Hulk, where Bruce Banner's on trial for the murder of, no, no, the Hulk's on trial for the murder of Bruce Banner, and weird Sky Thor comes down, and it's, you guys remember that, 1979, maybe 8, maybe 82? Uh, uh, yeah. Barely. Yeah, that's vaguely. Vaguely. It was a TV movie. It wasn't yeah, an actual it wasn't a TV movie. movie. So, yeah, we, uh, yeah, if it was if this had come out when we were kids, we would have been like, "Oh my God, the Eternals are oh amazing. amazing." A cookie looks like a feast to a starving man, is what we're saying. Yeah, but Mike, you saw the movie. You made it all the way through. Tell us about it. So much like the last Hellboy movie, uh, the main enemy of the Eternals is exposition. Uh, Damn you, exposition! As you can tell by us just going over the comic books history, it's it's kind of confusing. And in order for them to explain what's going on, they have to explain to the audience. And rather than showing us, they just tell us. It start the movie starts off with a crawl to give us the background, and then they're going to explain it to us later on again, so that way the other uh, Eternals can figure out what's going on. The plot moves in a very plotting manner, because in order to give you a sense of who these folks are, they have to do flashbacks, uh, which I, I understand the need for the flashback, these, uh, but the story starts off with Cersei. She is your main character of the Eternals, uh, who is dating this Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, uh, who is uh, a, a British Dane school Whitman. teacher, Dane Whitman. Yes, the the future Black Knight of the Marvel Universe, and which is an amazing coincidence that of all the people in the world, she dates him. But that makes sense. Um, she is living with Sprite, who apparently, even though Sprite is immortal, still has to go to school. And they are out at a pub, and on their way home, they are attacked by a deviant. You find out later they believe they had killed all the deviants. They are saved by Icarus, who is the Superman clone in this movie, essentially. And he is... Just to fuck with anybody who watched Game of Thrones, you're like, wait, why is Rob Stark macking on Jon Snow's girlfriend? This doesn't make any sense. But anyway, uh, this begins the MacGuffin, where these guys have to go from one place to the next 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 place. (laughs) to the next place to get the gang tenuous hearing him say that <laughs> to get all of them back together uh, again and uh, they go first to uh, Ajax who is their leader to tell her that something's happened and they find out she's dead um, and so now they've got to get the band back together to uh, solve this mystery 
Oh, and I love a good get the band back together story. Yeah. Yeah, because they're technical, technologically advanced super beings who never thought to make communicator watches. Or or own cell phones and, and, and make a group text. Yeah, that's the yeah. main problem yeah. because they all fucking have cell phones. They even discuss it in the movie where they're in the Amazon jungle and one of them's like, I got three bars. I'm like, I got, I got no signal. Yeah. You call Ajax. Send out a group text and have everybody come to one place. The other problem is the reason for you find out that in the Marvel Universe, you're wondering why have these superpowered heroes not done anything. So their god, the Celestial, has basically said, here, you're going to Earth and you're going to defend humanity from deviants and deviants only. Don't fuck around with humanity, except give them technology so that they can kill each other more effectively. Which is not, yeah... Uh, but stay out of their affairs. Uh, and the reason behind this, which the only uh, two of the Eternals now, is that there is a celestial seed in the Earth, and it is going to draw on the cosmic energy of all the humans, on the pl- all the sentient life, but it's the humans, on the planet, to feed it as it gets born out of the Earth, destroying the Earth. Apparently, the Eternals have been doing this for millions of years on different planets. And when the planet gets destroyed, the Eternals form the Unimind, they go back into the Celestial, and then they get rebooted again in new bodies. Uh, Mike, I'd like to, to think that they're pulling from dogs and whales also. Yeah, maybe they are. Uh, so, in this case, the movie is essentially the trolley car episode from The Good Place. The the Eternals have to decide if they are going to continue with their prime directive to birth this Eternal, and Eternals give birth to suns and planets and other sentient life, or to save humanity and kill the Celestial. After the last three years, who's for team birth the fucking new universe? Just raise the hand. I'm just wondering. This is me. No, the, this no. Is Earth me. is where I keep all my stuff. Yeah, it's where <laughs> I live here, man. All right, so, <laughs> yeah, you gotta so keep they give birth to the sun. They give birth to the sun, but they need to to put their seed into planets that already have life into it. I don't know if you picked up on that. Yes. Yes, because so, that, that's what's going so they to... got to destroy life in order to create celestial life. Yes. Yeah, we got that, Tommy. So Ego, the planet, uh, the living planet, is a celestial. He just didn't realize he was a celestial. Um, Does he show up in this? No, he doesn't show up on it, but for those who pay attention... For those who... Uh, what is he... He puts seeds on all these planets. He he wasn't contacted by the other celestials. He he formed, but didn't he in the Guardians of the Galaxy two. He talks about how he just was there one day and just realized he existed. That's because he was given birth, but didn't there was something wrong with the birth, and he just floated until he con- 
convalesced into the planet itself rather than uh, you know being uh, being bursting out of the planet if that makes any sense so he destroyed all of the cosmic energy but didn't come out of it nobody it from c-section not a natural birth yeah none of the other celestials came and explained to him what he was but he still had that urge to go out and reproduce and You're put so his hard. seed yeah. on yeah. the other planets just like the celestials were doing yeah fuck earth thanos Literally. in the story uh is the hero because thanos saves earth in a all these other planets from being destroyed by celestials by cutting out half of all living creatures. Now, I know we shit on them for just not doubling the resources, but now it all fucking makes sense. It actually Thanos makes sense is now. the savior. Team Thanos. I, you know, they had a lot of chances to weave this into the other Marvel stories. And we were told, at least by, like, some of the Marvel showrunners, right, that – or the planner, whoever, you know, maps out the next generation of movies, that this was going to be the birth of the next generation of Marvel films, right? And uh, they didn't do that at all. No. There was there was no tie into – they had a chance to tie it into Thanos. They had a, t- a chance to tie it into Ego. They had a chance to reskin Eternals into heroes with obscure backgrounds to become new heroes. They didn't do that. Like, I thought they were going to take sort of the legendary, godlike icons and sort of mold them into a next generation like they could have. They could have had Hercules. They. There was a lot of things they could have done to sort of move the ball forward for Marvel, and they opted out of everything except for a cameo of the Black Knight. And Star Fox. Yeah, no. And Pip. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) They, They really opted out of everything. Not entirely. Okay, give it to me. What do you got? So the release of the cosmic energy from that birth of the celestial will cause a cosmic storm. And oh, that no. could... Oh, we'll bring in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, it could bring in the Fantastic Four, although I don't think that's how, what they're going for. Of course they're not going to, because that sounds like a good idea, Mike, and so clearly that's not what they're going to do. I bet that that brings about Adam Strange. Adam Strange is already in Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, too. He's already in... I, I... Yeah. I know where Adam Strange is, but he's... Oh, said, uh, Adam Warlock is what he meant. I'm sorry, Adam Warlock. Oh. Adam Warlock needs that, oh. that birthing effect. But no, he's, he's already been introduced into the Marvel Universe. This is not... They yeah, didn't I'm move the, the ball for the pod. <laughs> And they didn't... I mean, how many films do we have to wait for this to... With the presumption of relevance from this... So... And I'm just going to say a bad movie. So here's here's some things that they could have probably done to fix some of the movie, right? Because you never want to just say, oh, uh, this was bad because of this without coming up with a solution when you're in a writer's room. And so, one, yes, stop dragging him from place to place to place 
to get the band back together, just said that group text and show all of them leaving their life to it's go out. It's called a montage, people. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Pick, pick up the, 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 the lead of Rocky and just have a goddamn montage and you save yourself 34 minutes of film. Even Gondor had fires. <laughs> Come on, man. Light the tower. Yeah. Light the fires of Gondor. Get everyone yeah. together. And they, and they at, the, at the end of the film, when Icarus is, is thinking about killing Cersei, the woman he loves, they had a montage of like memories of him. This movie was so long, it had a clip show. At the end of the fucking film, it had a clip show. So oh, I want to shit on everything you say, LT, but that's a pretty good point. So <laughs> so long at a clip show. Here's here's a couple of the problems. Ajax knows what's going on, and Ajax is their leader. Ajax should not have been killed. Ajax should have been Team Celestial. Icarus already has a reason for being Team Celestial, and that is, I need to start all over again. And if we all die, I start my relationship with Cersei over again fresh, and all the fuck-ups I've done are fixed, right? So he's got that reason to want to, you know, be on Team Celestial. He doesn't need to kill Ajax or feed her to the Deviants. The Deviants have no real role other than to be the reason, the MacGuffin, as to why they're on the planet to begin with. Where you could have just solved that by saying, hey, there's a bunch of sentient alien life out there. We're here only... Uh, Yeah, but if they do say we're only here to protect from alien invasions, that would have had to do something during all the alien invasions in the past. So they kind of boxed themselves in. But having beat the Deviants, there's no real reason to bring the Deviants back other than to force them to start working towards it. What would have been a better way to do it is eliminate the Deviants altogether. That's the reason. You see the Deviants and fighting them in the backstory, but maybe they don't kill them all. Maybe some of them get away. Whatever. It doesn't matter. They breed fast. I'm just saying. The the scientist. I am sorry for not remembering his name. The, uh, the, what you, what the, you do is you bring the deviants back Jurassic Park style. Somebody finds a fossil, they just fucking bring them back Jurassic Park style, and then they have to kill deviants again. It's all about could I, not should I. <laughs> uh, who's the very smart one who keeps on coming up with all the weapons and stuff? Uh, it uh, like Hephaestus? No. Oh, um, uh, 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 Makari? No. No, no uh, Makari's yeah. a fast one. No, he's fast and... Droog sucks. It's Everybody not, hates him. It's not Hephaestus. Oh, it's Fostos. 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 How great would it have been if Fausto... It, rather than being told what their purpose is, fucking figures it out. And then goes to the other Eternals, and Ajax is like, yeah, I know. And then you can have superheroes fighting superheroes. Um, 
maybe that would work. I don't know. The movie would have been a lot shorter, and I would have appreciated it. Uh, Do you guys remember the, the movie Panic Room? Yes. Yes. I a... wanted to go to a panic room and hide from this movie. <laughs> that's that's how bad this movie was. I didn't. I honestly didn't make it more than like thirty minutes. Yeah, it's because it's boring. If you're going to have uh, a bunch of people punching monsters, fucking have a bunch of people punching monsters and make that the movie. But uh, the the long, drawn-out exposition is just made it boring. Long and drawn-out. And they didn't... They not, yeah. They, they, didn't, they didn't solve their problem. Well, they solved their problem. They didn't... They weren't the impetus. Uh, you know, if... They had realized that they were being lied to and that they were just game wardens rather than... <laughs> they were the Great Kazoo? Yeah. Oh, they were, <laughs> rather than the actual heroes they thought they were, that that's their story arc. Um, you know, they could have fought the Celestial as the big bad at the end. I like the fact that some of them were like... Uh, I'm not fighting either of you guys. You just let me know how it all works out. Whoever wins, I'm fine with it and just walks off. Like, I kind of like that. Um, so there were some good things in the movie. I don't understand why they made it an eternal child. It seems like torture. I, they had that kind of little magic scene at the end where Cersei has some of this cosmic energy still left over from uh, stealing it from the Celestial so she can make Sprite human. Uh, who will age? Human. <laughs> so she can make humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So can my wife. She doesn't do it. <laughs> She's yeah, the, smarter than that. <laughs> the movie, barring aside that it's just not a very good movie, doesn't do anything to progress the mar the MCU. I just don't understand. The only thing they did was kick the Black Knight into view is that like that's the next generation is is it just the Black Maybe Knight maybe he's super important it doesn't matter like no they it just it doesn't matter it doesn't matter they just needed to if it had been sort of this amalgamation and it was a bad movie and it introduced enough of a new generation of Marvel character to start where we we think we should be going great but I just don't understand the point of this movie. Tommy, uh, do you know if the Black Knight likes pancakes? I do. It doesn't matter if the Black Knight likes pancakes! He probably okay. likes waffles. Just saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think Here's my guess as to why they made this movie, because Marvel sells a shit ton of stuff overseas now. And this this movie, most of the money they made was from an international audience. Um, it's just not... It, it's not that we hate the idea of them making it designed for an international audience. It's just we, we hate it because we didn't like the movie. Yeah. And my, my favorite part of this movie so far is there was a scene of Angelina Jolie and the entire cast dressed as civilians and it said Angelina Jolie and all her adopted children and I, I did a spit take out of my iPad 
Now, my favorite one was uh, the scene where Angelina Jolie is looking at a toaster like she doesn't know what it was. It wasn't actually in the script. She really doesn't know what a toaster is. To be fair. That's another thing. Uh, like I, That dude who played Kango, that actor, got fucking jacked, right? Yeah, jacked for that role. And they didn't oh, give yeah. him the Marvel without the shirt moment? Why would you he not? worked hard. Yeah. yeah. And then he just pew, pew, pew from his hands yeah. and was like a lesser combatant. Yeah. You say he didn't want to be the first non-jacked Marvel guy. He especially didn't want to be the first non-jacked, I believe he's Indian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you yeah. say he didn't want to be the first non-jacked, he certainly wasn't going to be the first non-jacked Indian Marvel guy. It's Pakistani. Pakistan. He worked out like a monster. Maybe he's in Middle Eastern, but man, he looked great. And he uh, great. Good on him for putting the effort in and doing the work. But wow, Marvel, way to freaking boom! And Salma Hayek and Angelina Jolie—you know they weren't cheap to get oh, in the movie. Yeah. And they and were they didn't even kiss once, to my knowledge. Yeah. That's Come the, on, man. That's the the director's cut. <laughs> and that, that's how they get you. Oh my God! Could you imagine the director's cut? How long that would be? The long goodbye. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I think they were just hoping they were going to take another shitty Marvel property, and hope that it'll be gold like the Guardians of the Galaxy was. Unfortunately, they didn't have James Gunn writing the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They want to do that. Go with the Midnight Suns. Get Wesley Snipes back in the mix. Wesley Snipes. Nicholas Cage, form the Midnight Suns that I want to see. Oh my God, that'd be great. I, I mean, any movie, it, you take any Marvel group, it doesn't matter, as long as it's you get a good script. Uh, Marvel, we know you're not listening, but we're available. We're all available, seriously. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. So it was a movie. Right. Um, What's all... Be- Go ahead, Josh. I'll be interested in to see if they even bother tying in now the next generation of Marvel characters back into this. As we kind of know, sort of like the short list of who that is with the Marvels and Ironheart uh, and uh, Hawkeye. Like this sort of the next generation, the lineup is starting to form. We're starting to see that. Is there a tie back to this at all? Yeah, historically, these guys are so long vision that it's weird that this doesn't seem to have any effect. They got to put this head in hand in every single film now. No. Yeah, so in the comic books, uh, the Avengers use the head of a celestial a dead celestial is their base of operation. So that would be a cool, if I was a supervillain, I would be like, we're moving to the Indian Ocean, boys, because I got the perfect layer. No one will notice this giant head. There's new land and nobody's claimed it yet. I like the fact that you said if. (laughs) All right, let's go around and say one good thing that we liked about the movie. Just what all you need is one good thing so we can end on a positive note. Because here at the podcast, we 
aren't supposed to diss what we hate. We're supposed to promote what we love. Bollywood dancing in a Marvel movie. I'll drink to that. The the fucking valet was charming as all hell. And you know what? I would have kind of liked the movie if it was just a documentary being made. Like, just, I want to see that rather than what we saw. Uh, That guy put in the effort, and I appreciate him getting jacked for the movie. That was not easy. I saw his workout and I saw his diet and it could not have been easy. Could not have been. Was it Kumail Najami or something from Silicon Valley? Yeah. Yeah. Funny guy. Yeah. Josh, what do you got for us? (laughs) Don Lee is is Gilgamesh. I like Don Lee. I like seeing him and stuff. Uh, He didn't get as much uh, as much as I wanted in the film, but... uh, Plus, Gilgamesh, man, it's just a great, it's a, it's a great mythology to draw from, and I just love, I love the name Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Yeah. Fucking great, man. Yeah. Oh, there's so, if you read Gilgamesh, there's so much of uh, Catholicism, early Catholicism, just totally stolen from Gilgamesh. I love it. So much fun to read and reread. Uh, all right, I guess that's the last word. Mike, what you get at the front of the law box? Uh, go over to LT. Uh, I'll, right, uh, I'm just going to pull something up. Uh, one of the other things I did want to mention is the name of the uh, the the Master Eternal here, Hashem. Hashem. So, if, uh, in Arabic and Hebrew, Hashem is a title meaning God. It's not. It doesn't refer to the name of God. It's like it's like your it's a title. Uh, like, it's a title. Like yeah, you're the mayor, um, and it was a way for uh, a lot of. Um, a lot of Islam to refer to God without uh, naming him, which is often uh, taboo. So it's a, a little bit of a rework of uh, Hashem. Oh, neat. I like that. Thank you, Josh. Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jane Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. LG, what do you got the back of the long box for us, brother? So uh, I was on... I was having some trouble with and was on the uh, DC Infinite app, and I read a few issues of I Am Batman, and uh, it was pretty good with uh, uh, Lucius Fox's uh, son, Jace Fox, uh, taking over as Batman. Uh, it was a pretty interesting take on the character. He, uh, instead of sort of going from rooftop to rooftop, he was patrolling Gotham on, on a motorcycle and uh, used technology instead of martial most instead of fancy martial arts skill just using um more of a street fighter technique and uh patrolling the streets on a motorcycle and kind of using a supercomputer ai as his man in the chair uh to tell him where stuff was going wrong and it was kind of an interesting take on the character so i am batman uh on dc comics neat all right Mike, are you ready yet, or should I go over to Josh? No, I'm ready. At the front of the long box today, I have Pulp by Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker. There is not a better team in comics than the combination of Ed Brubaker, or excuse me, did I say Ed Brubaker? Yeah, Ed Brubaker writing. Ed Brubaker writing and Sean Phillips drawing. Uh, They've done Fatal, they've done Velvet, 
I talked last week about the Reckless series. They've done Criminal, and they have a graphic novel called Pulp. It is a one-and-done series, and it is breathtakingly beautiful and a throwback to the old Pulps. So what do you do when you expect to die young and you don't? That's the story of a cowboy outlaw who is still around by the 1930s and is an old man and is trying to figure out what is, what's his legacy. Um, it has cowboys. It has Nazis. It's got everything. Um, so I highly recommend it. You guys playing at home can go ahead and drink because I'm highly recommending Pulp. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Yes, I will. Uh, I will say it's it's a great book if you are looking for a non superhero comic to just sit down, read in one shot, and you're done. All right. Josh, you got a tangent for us? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a peripheral tangent. It's right around the same line. So Eternals, we've been talking about it all night. None of us was really jazzed with the film. So if altering Eternals, you can put your own historical figure in as one as the Eternals. Who are we putting in here? Who are we adding into the mix? Doesn't matter any legend mythos, religious character. I mean, personally, I'm going to go first, and I'm just throwing black Jesus in. I needed Jesus in this movie. I mean, I, if, he, I mean if, if Mark Russell had written this and just thrown black Jesus in, I, I've been all in. Yeah, that would have been amazing, because uh, everybody would be like, Jesus, I haven't seen you forever. <laughs> Back to the best running gag of the movie. And he's a pacifist. So he would have been the most worthless eternal. Like, are you going to help us with the deviants? Nope. No. He just nope. could have been the nope. healer, right? The person who healed you. You're going to be like, yeah, I'll heal that. Yeah, that's Ajax's job. Yeah. Yeah. Body of oh. me. Body of me. Body of me. Body of me. Can you stop touching the deviants, Jesus? <laughs> okay, so who are you putting in? Who's going in? Give me a second. Uh-oh. Tom already had this in mind. But he can't remember uh, the name. I can't. Is it Horace? Longinus. Uh, he's the guy that, that stabbed Jesus. Uh, he doomed to walk the earth forever. He's the eternal soldier. He's a soldier that's been around since uh, he stabbed Jesus in the side. And I think that'd be a great dynamic yeah. with your character. Yeah, he already exists in DC. <laughs> it's called the Phantom Stranger. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But well, this isn't DC. This is Marvel, so he could be Longinus. Sure. I thought it's Cartophilius. Cartophilius is a, a great uh, book based on that. Oh, okay. Um, um, yeah. Uh, that's a, Cartophilius, the Eternal Warrior. Uh, it's kind of like Remo Williams, so I read a shit ton of Cartophilius. No, no, I mean, Cartophilius ha- is... That name comes up more than that, just that book, because... It's I think also- Cartophilius was one of the other soldiers there, but... There's a great pulp series like Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins called Cartophilius. That's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. I, I, I suppose no, Cartophilius is a soldier who strikes Christ in the seventh sign. You're right, but it's also a, a pulp series 
okay. about a guy who strikes Christ and is doomed to walk the earth forever, just okay. like Longus. All right. Anybody not go? Come on. I always like Longinus. I don't know why. The Spear of Longinus is, is cool. It shows up in so many movies. I think the Spear actually has gotten more play than uh, Longinus. The Spear of Destiny? Yeah, the Spear of Destiny. Yeah, it's been yeah. a ton of movies, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think it's mentioned a couple times. So, you know, one of the problems with this movie is that they're, they're immortal. And, you know, everybody's so perfect except for Sprite, right? Sprite's the only one that's got, like, a huge amount of problems except for Athena, who, like, is starting to remember shit. So what if we took an ogre from, like, the Odyssey and just had him be, like, the robot that was made out of spare parts? He'd be because, a TV like, <laughs> Ooh, can I change my to Monkey King? Sure. All right, you're changed by the monkey king. See, I was so going to go... like the, the, odd, the odd man out that isn't Sprite that makes Sprite feel kind of good about her situation because she's not the ogre. I, I'm, I'm not the ogre. I'm going to go with Genghis Khan and his power Genghis is Khan. fucking. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you see all these people? You're welcome. <laughs> hey, I had to turn, that celestial is not going to birth itself. I'm just trying to get this thing cracking. He knows, by the I'm way. I'm just trying to get this out of here. <laughs> no, you know what? I like the idea, but I'm not going to go with Genghis Khan because he also, the Mongol hordes, killed tons of people and stuff. I'm going to go with um, uh, some porn star. Just, just make it a guy whose only job is to fuck and get chicks pregnant. That's it. Well, what was the name of the fertility doctor that uh, ended up like? No, we're not gonna. We're not gonna go into that. <laughs> uh, if you want to do that, then make it Jonas Salk. He saved more people probably than anyone else on the planet. No, yeah, I'm just, just a guy. That's a very smart joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway moving and on do you get a 3 day team for us I, I don't have a 3 day team but I do have a throwback movie that's better than this it's also comic book related I've talked about this before and I finally rewatched it do you guys remember me talking about the movie Sunset yeah so Sunset is a crazy old movie it stars Bruce Willis as Tom Mix James Gardner as Wyatt Earp and Malcolm McDonald as the bad guy, he's Alfie Alperin, uh, who is kind of like a uh, Buster Keaton type character. So it's the 1920s. Wyatt Earp is still alive, but an older man. And Tom Mix is a movie cowboy. And they bring Wyatt Earp in, who's James Garner, to teach Tom Mix how to be a better cowboy for the movies. But they end up having this adventure where Alfie, who is played by Malcolm McDonald, is a serial killer who's been killing people, but because he's Buster Keaton, he is a phenomenal, small athlete, and he has, like, almost total control of his body. It's oddly close to supervillain-type powers, uh, because if you've watched any of the old Buster Keaton stuff, I believe Buster Keaton had superpowers. <laughs> Just gonna lay that on the line. 
this crazy movie is loosely like this weird buddy picture where these two misfits are trying to get along and solve this mystery, but it plays out like pulp or a lot of these old comic book movies. So I really, really encourage everyone to watch this crazy old movie called Sunset and three great actors right off the bat. Uh, Malcolm McDonald, James Garner, Bruce Willis, uh, Meryl Hemingway's in there. What else? Great. Uh, no one else really great. A lot of great character actors. Dan uh, Florick, who's seen in a bunch of stuff. Um, there's a lot of other good guys in there, but you, they're, they're more character actors. This weird crazy. This is the last time I'm going to mention it. I mention this almost as much as I mention Hudson Hawk. This is a crazy fun, yeah. all that stupid ass movie. I love Hudson Hawk. So I do want to throw out a. I talked to Kevin Clark the other day. Our good friend Kevin, a member of the Longbox Legion, and we were talking about the podcast, and I had told him that he should be watching Peacekeeper, and he's like, oh, I don't have that. And he goes, do you have another superhero show to watch? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Go watch the unaired pilot for Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, starring Marky Post. And a half hour later, he called me back, and he's like, how has this not been in my life? That's uh, the greatest thing. He said it's, he, it has one of his favorite lines ever in television. Uh, I didn't think you would smell so much like cigarettes and mac and cheese. <laughs> uh, so if you guys have not seen it, go on to YouTube, just... Type in uh, Marky Post, Electro Woman, and it'll pop up, and you can watch the pilot. It is amazeballs. Yeah. The reboot after that is still pretty fun also, but that Marky Post one is, is one of the best things that's ever been made. Yes. So Plus Marky Post. Yeah. I'm circling back here, Tom, because I didn't know this, and I never looked it up, and I don't know why I didn't, but Cartophilius is the antithetical... To the Roman soldier. He's a Jew who taunts Jesus on the way to the crucifixion, and he is the beginning of the myth of the wandering Jew. Oh, awesome. But Carnophilus is definitely like that pulp thing that I mentioned before, the the, the eternal soldier. It's, it's, it's not great. It's like man fiction, like Remo Williams. It's fun to read, and there's a shit ton of them. Uh, but uh, I liked him. My mom called me the wandering Jew right after college because I left and just drove away and ambled and, about the country. And wandered. We had a great time doing that, too. We did. Damn skippy. Let's do that again. But let's all meet back here. <laughs> or, better right, yet, uh, let's meet at Pensacon. Pensacon? That's a great idea. Pensacon's coming up in like idea. three weeks? Three weeks? Yeah. Josh, you got the countdown counter. Where's the countdown clock? 17 days, 17 hours, 4 minutes, and 50 seconds as of the taping of this show. Wow, I really got to get those PowerPoints together then. I got my four slides. I'll send you my four slides uh, later on this week. Ooh, I got my cosplay jacket for Sebastian Shaw, and it looks tight. (sighs) Can't wait to see it. Uh, My my Nightcrawler pirate is looking kind of porny. Not going to lie. 
little porny. <laughs> you know, there's a whole bunch of our audience, Tom, who feels like that's not a mistake. It's not. Fair. <laughs> it's foul. I'm not going to bow penis the whole damn thing, but it's, it's kind of point. Uh, Tom's, how's your, how's your cosplay coming? I still haven't got my tracksuit. It's supposed to be here Friday, though, so. Uh, oh, bro. my tracksuit's here. Oh, yeah, I haven't yet to try the pants uh, on yet, but, uh, what I love is that uh, mine is actually I ordered a men's large, but yeah. it the zippers on the wrong side. I think they thought it was a woman's. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is that a is woman's tracksuit, but it fits. So yeah. all right, whatever. Same for me. Uh, Pentagon, February eighteenth to the twentieth. We are doing a whole bunch of shit. Come see us there. Yeah, they just announced some great new guests. Can't wait. Oh, just announced anything uh, big pop up? Uh, I mean, the recent ones were, I mean, John Barrowman came up, right? So nice, he, nice. he confirmed who else was on the. Uh, there was somebody else. I was like, ooh. Uh, where are you? Oh, Donald Logue. Uh, we all know him as the uh, guy who keeps losing his getting his hand lopped off and blade uh, but he was also <laughs> Harvey Bullock Harvey Bullock, Harvey Bullock. Uh, and he was also just recently in uh, Stumptown which I've been watching oh yeah so uh, he's uh, I, I'm so, kind of excited yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys know Harvey, uh, Harvey Bullock is my Patronus so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him he was a comic book store owner in that uh, movie comic book uh, villains, I think. Yeah. I'll look it up. Sure, why not? Sure. I believe you. Yeah. 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 I, for one, believe you. <laughs> hey, I want to promote Hotbox Pizza in Somerville, Massachusetts. Hotbox Pizza, they've donated a six of pizza to a little food bank called the Elizabeth Peabody House. We're going to give those out to the, the kids in the after school program. Uh, they certainly didn't have to do that. It's really nice of them. They're uh, giving themselves a little stress test after they do a soft open to see how many pizzas they can crank out in an hour. And uh, they're going to give all those pizzas to my little, uh, uh, to the uh, little Elizabeth Peabody house. And uh, really looking forward to seeing that. And they're in Somerville, Mass? Somerville, Massachusetts, Hot Box Pizza. Unfortunate name, terrific pizza, I hope. <laughs> I'll let you know after I try. It's only a, it's only a, a, a three quarters of a mile away from my food bank, so I'm gonna go try it on Wednesday. I think. What are we talking about? We talking Greek? Are we talking Italian? What kind of pizza are we talking? Uh, it looks like American style pizza. By that I mean pretty, pretty across the pretty pretty generic. But that doesn't mean bad. My wife to this day still thinks Papa Gino's is the best Italian food she's ever had. <laughs> I would like. <laughs> I would like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out over at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you're listening to this on YouTube and are like, I didn't hear any music, that's because we have a podcast. Go listen to the podcast and subscribe. If you're listening to the yeah. podcast, go over to YouTube and subscribe. Come on, help a brother out. Leave a yeah. five star review, even if you don't Synergy. like us. <laughs> Synergy. And speaking of the Elizabeth that's, Peabody that's House. Disarray, Tom. 
Scissoring. I'm for both. Speaking of the Elizabeth Peabody House, we have another podcast called The Geek Leak, which we do every week uh, for our Patreon folks. For a mere $1 a month, you can get The Geek Leak almost every week. That, well, definitely every week we do a podcast, which is almost every week. We average about 50 weeks a year, or 48 to 50 weeks a year uh, for the last six years now. Woo, we've been doing this a little while. We got a lot of episodes, people. We got a lot of episodes. When we we lack in professionalism, we make up for it in volume. 269 episodes. Well, you'll be listening to 270 right now if you're hearing these words. 270. That's not counting the Geek League, but all the money that we make from our Patreon account goes over to the Elizabeth Peabody House. So... Instead of just doing well today, you should do some good. Go ahead and become a Patreon. Yeah. Well said, Michael. Well said. I love the way that sounded. Tommy, who do you want to plug? I'd like to plug geekorthodox.com. Geekorthodox.com. Hello, Tammy. Geekorthodox.com for very fine t-shirts and other geeky things such as stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rock glasses, uh... You name it, they got it, geekorthodox.com. Yeah, visit their website. That's uh, one of the few ways to get their stuff right now. A lot of people are on lockdown for the uh, ongoing plague, but uh, we'll so hopefully see them soon back in COD. God, I hope so. I miss those two. And we should also thank Seth and the boys over at whosnextgaming.com. They just did the New Orleans Fan Expo where... Uh, Seth was very appreciative that we turned him on to hosting a panel. Um, and uh, if you listen, not their latest episode, you got to go back. Yeah, their latest episode, they have the panel at the end. They did it differently for Fan Expo. The, uh, I don't think we would like going there because rather than having a room for the different panels, they have it kind of right in the middle of the con. So you never know if people are there to sit down and listen to your panel or they're just there to sit because <laughs> they're tired of walking around. I'm going to yell information at you while you're tired. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to say uh, shout out to Great Stories, Comics and Games, new to the neighborhood here right down the street from me. I'm excited to have a game at a comic shop close to the house in Whitensville, Massachusetts. Come on by to Great Stories, Comics and Games. Not beige, not brown. Whitensville. 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 <laughs> All right. I think that'll just about do it for us. Mikey, what is the podcast like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy. Any last words for us? Uh, you know, there's still a ton of COVID out there. If you haven't gotten a shot, maybe you should get a shot. Do the right thing. And Josh, um... Great stories in Whitensville. Is that your sector? That's going to become my sector, and if they don't like it, still becoming my sector. Still becoming my sector. And don't forget what I always say. Don't diss what you hate. Just promote what you love. You live longer. Thank you for the lockbox, guys. And go buy Mouse. Yeah. Yes, go buy Mouse. We'll talk about that more next week. (laughs) 